listeners welcome to 10x growth strategies podcast this is your host preeti padmanabhan technology executive investor and board member today we will feature the book art of happiness by the 14th dalai lama and howard c cutler our guest today is rahmat karal vp global sales enablement at big panda welcome rahman to 10x growth strategies podcast thank you preeti thanks for having me when you suggested this book the art of happiness i was really happy that somebody was suggesting such a book for the podcast because it's not often that people talk about happiness and other topics so i'm glad we are talking about this book today So tell us about yourself Rahmat your current role and past highlights from your career Absolutely so my current role I am the VP of Global Enablement at Big Panda and that runs a gamut of everything from AE to partner enablement and everything in between uh love that have a great team Big Panda is a great company so really enjoying my time here I've had the the privilege of of working at uh some of Silicon Valley's largest tech companies started off at Cisco. Um what a great place to just learn um from not only the technology but all of the peers around you. So that was phenomenal for me. Um that actually helped launch me into uh, other startups that uh Cisco was actually acquiring. I've been at Jasper, I've been to AppDynamics, worked at AppDynamics and right before Big Panda I was at Rubrik. So phenomenal i've kind of worked the entire gamut uh of sales enablement starting at the very bottom doing content um strategy and and now you know running strategy for uh, go to market when it comes to how we can better enable our sellers wonderful we certainly have crossed paths a few times although we never got to work with each other i was at cisco for 12 years uh but it was prior to when you joined the company until 2012 and uh also uh been in the enterprise uh, domain like you have i we met at the silicon valley business journal women of influence award uh, that we both have had a chance to uh, to be honored last year so i'm so glad that uh, we got to cross paths and talk about uh, new topics in this podcast absolutely so tell me why did you choose to read this book the art of happiness yeah that's a really great question you know um I read a ton of books. Sometimes they're they're just regular novels, right? And sometimes most of the time to be honest are around business, around enablement, around public speaking, around technical sales, around demos, all of this kind of fun stuff. And it came to me probably over uh, a year ago or so where I was kind of noticing a trend, right? We were in the middle of the pandemic. People had been working from home for a while now. things had changed the world had changed right the pandemic changed so much about us and i realized that the more conversations i was having having with people they were actually on one spectrum much happier with you know and feeling like the pandemic had brought so many blessings with it right encouraging that family time they had a new appreciation for nature around them they were spending time outside since stores were closed restaurants were closed and on the other spectrum i found people being really unhappy finding themselves to be really lonely having you know just work to focus on um and nothing else and soon realizing that 
is this all that life has to offer uh, is just, you know, sitting in front of our computers, being on Zoom meetings. And the more I talked to people, I said, why is it so, I asked myself, why is it so difficult for, for people to find happiness? You know, it's, it's such a simple concept. And I would observe my children, my friends' kids, and they're happy. They're young, they're happy, they're carefree. We were all like that once upon a time. So what changed? And so that's when I picked up the book and started reading it and said, you know, sometimes it's the most obvious things that we need to go back and, and remind ourselves of. That's a great reason to pick up the book. In fact, uh, when you talk to me about the book, what resonated with that, I teach this program called the Happiness Program. It's now rebranded as the Sky Meditation Program. So it was so uh, serendipitous that you mentioned this book because a lot of things that I got reminded of from this program that I was teaching. So I'm curious to see how you internalize this book and what you got out of it. So would love to hear what are your top takeaways from the book? It's a great question. I'd say, you know, the one really big takeaway for, for the book for me was happiness lies in your hands and not the hands of others. And I think oftentimes we are looking to others for, for happiness in different forms, right? Uh, whether it's looking for just, hey, you look great today, or let's go out and do something or whatever it might be, or, hey, you did a great job on that project. And all of those things, you know, make you happy. Um, but we're also looking, it's that, you know, affirmation that we seek from other people. That's temporary, right? You get that. And then after those, that adrenaline kind of wears off of those nice compliments, you go back to being in your regular state. But when you realize that happiness comes from within, when you kind of go back and say, well, I'm really proud of the job that I did, or I think I look great today, or I, you know, that was, I, I'm enjoying beautiful nature and you're taking control back. Well, then you're in charge of it. It sounds like a really simple concept. But it's funny because a lot of people, we've become reliant on society to dictate our happiness, our unhappiness, our moods, et cetera. Spot on. Uh, happiness does come from within, but to realize that takes a lot of effort. In fact, uh, Dalai Lama says in the book that the purpose of human life is to seek happiness. You mentioned a few things about people seeking happiness outside versus seeking inside. What have you found as the source of happiness in your life? It's a great question. I think the source of happiness for my life is being grateful for all the things we take for granted, right? I mean, honestly, having a roof over our heads, having three meals to eat every day, being able to sit in a car and get to wherever you need to go, having your limbs in place, your five senses, every all of these little things that honestly not all of us, but some of us definitely to do take for granted. I think for me is the bigger picture is that I have so much to be grateful for. Could life, could I live the life of a, you know, movie star and, and all of that kind of fun stuff? Yeah. But even then I'd probably want more, you know, and, and it's about looking to, to what you have and saying, you know, I'm grateful for this. We come into this world with nothing. You, you come in not even with a name, right? You come in with nothing and you're given a name and you're given opportunity. Honestly, it comes down to saying, what am I going to make of my opportunity? Is it going to be career? Is it going to be just loving my kids? Is it going to be both? Is it just going to be waking up and saying, wow, look at all the different trees that are naturally planted around me. 
like how look at God's creation. I, I think for me, that's where happiness stems from is it's kind of like the blessings that surround us. Let's not forget those. Let's not focus so much on the material. Absolutely. I think, you know, you and I both grew up in India. It's so funny that uh, people in the cities and people who have so much are the ones who don't have as much happiness. There are times when you go to a village when people have so less are living in much less than what you would have in a city. But they are happy when you go into their homes, they are willing to offer you a meal. You know, it's so amazing uh, the power of that uh, sense of gratitude uh, and for what you have can bring. In fact, uh, the book talks about the importance of contentment and, and the sense of self-worth. So many times in our modern world, uh, when we are living in this fast-paced life, our sense of self-worth is determined by looking at somebody else. How does that even comprehend, right? It makes no sense. So tell us about your thoughts on the importance of contentment and the importance of sense of self-worth for having a happy life. Yeah, you know, you, you bring up a great, great point. Um, contentment and self-worth is something, again, I'm going to go, I'm going to stem back to when you're a child. You are always happy. You do, you don't see the flaws in yourself. You see yourself as the best, you know, soccer player out on the field, or you see yourself as, you know, the smartest kid in the class or whatever it is, right? Like that's, that's how we all are. It's, it's funny because when you think of like, I'm going to name two people that I personally admired, you know, Robin Williams and, and you look at Kate Spade, they were very, very successful, uh, you know, face value. When we looked at them, there's so many celebrity stories out there, you know, role models, that are out there that seem to have it all. They had it all, but that self-worth and contentment was missing. And again, I think it's back to the book and, and back to what like my big takeaway was is we can't look to others for that. You have to look within yourself. To your point, you know, whether it's in growing up in India or growing up anywhere where you have very, you have a class system, it's very obvious. Those people that have the reason that I think I'm, I'm no expert, but, but the reason I think that they're so happy and content with less is because they value it so much more. Uh, whereas here, you know, you're in the West, you're, you take a lot of it for granted. You're given so much and it no longer has that worth. And we forget where it comes from. It, it's not from our paychecks that this is coming. It, it's from God's will that all of this has been blessed upon us, right? But when you forget that bigger picture and the, the book talks about it, right, is if if we could only just remember that all of this happiness, yes, it's from within you. But remember, anything good around you is is not a as a result of what you've done, but as a result of what God has put in front of you. Right. Or the spiritual beings have put in front of you that again, another point that the book brings up is when we want more and more and more, guess what? It becomes all about us and we forget about the world around us and having empathy and compassion and mercy for others is what's going to make you happy, right? Like if you go back and you think about any volunteer work you've ever done, anybody who's listening to this, yourself, Preeti, do we ever leave a job of doing community services and say, I could have done better. Oh, why did I waste my time? 
No, you feel amazing about yourself because you know what, for that one hour, one day, however long you took, it wasn't about you. It was about others. And, and that's the point is when you kind of focus on how you can help other people, those that are less fortunate than you have empathy, compassion, all of those things that are lacking in the world today, that's when you actually have true contentment, true self-worth. Yeah, love the passion there. Uh, you know, I think you brought up a very good point about doing, being in a space of giving rather than taking. Uh, that's certainly a way out of any sort of depression or sadness in the in the society. When we then say like, how can I help you? Right? What can I do for you? That's the fastest way to get out of any of our sadness, if at, if at all. Right. Uh, so you brought up a very amazing point there. There was another interesting piece in the book, uh, which I found uh, intriguing, which is loneliness and feeling connected. So the Dalai Lama said that he does not feel lonely because he is free of any fear or apprehension about what others think of him. So instead of having that fear, he has compassion, he's open, he's positive. So tell us, how do you overcome loneliness and feel connected with other people? That's a great question. You know, that's it's it's a hard topic and a very sensitive one to talk about. So I, I want to be very sensitive when I when I address it as well. Loneliness is real, right? And I, and I think the pandemic really taught us that as well. It it didn't matter if your house was full of people or not. Sometimes that that loneliness is there, and sometimes houses were empty. Um, grandparents couldn't see their grandkids for extended periods of times, and you know, sometimes it's just one grandparent because you, you've lost the other one. They're completely sitting on their own. So I, I think, and, and I don't know if I interpreted it correctly, but when the Dalai Lama talks about, you know, contentment and, um, and not feeling lonely, it's because when you have that connection, a, a bigger connection, a spiritual connection, you know that you're never alone. Um, and, and I don't know if I'm, you know, being too deep here or not, but you're, you're never really alone, right? Like, when it comes to asking for guidance, when it comes to asking for protection, when it comes to anything, nobody can provide that for you better than the provider, the ultimate provider, right? Our creator. And, and I think with, with loneliness, when people do go through, you know, facets of loneliness and I think, oh, I'm so unhappy because I'm by myself, honestly, like, and it's going to come back to, to what I talked about a little bit before is, it's okay, go out and do something, right? Like even if it was during the pandemic and there was no volunteering taking place because you know there were rules, there's still so many people that are homeless out here in Silicon Valley in, in every part of the world. Make a couple of sandwiches, go hand them out on those corners. That's gonna take away your loneliness. And you know why? Again, it comes back to what I was talking about before. When we do something like that for people who are less fortunate than us, it makes us feel more fortunate. So we don't feel so lonely. You know, we know that there is an end to our loneliness. Even if we haven't seen family or friends or anybody, we know we still can pick up a phone and talk to them. Whereas these people that you're helping out, they don't have that, right? But a way that I think to, to have that feeling of feeling of, of belonging, I guess, is if you are on your own, if you're you're feeling down, 
again, stop focusing on how you're feeling and go out and help somebody else. And, and I think you will overcome that loneliness or you will come to terms with it's, it could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And um, I also, one thing, one other thing that struck me uh, in that book was uh, how the Dalai Lama talks about not worrying about what others think about you, because when you approach any connection or relationship or any person with the mindset of what are they thinking of me, like you mentioned earlier, you're focusing on yourself. Rather, if you go with the approach of, okay, let's have an open dialogue, let's have a conversation, then even in conflicting situations, you're able to win over the other person because the other person realizes that you are going with an open mindset. Uh, so that was so beautiful. I think that is, those are things that people can take and implement in their life and it would deepen their connections at work, at home, in the community. Uh, it certainly is a great way to grow oneself, right? We talk about growth in this podcast. Uh, these are great tips that I got to uh, Ramat uh, from the book. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is really about growth, right? A lot of times we we walk into uh, any sort of get together or any any environment where there's other people, right? You walk into an office building or you walk into a a dinner party or a convention, whatever it is, you know, oftentimes people leave that saying, oh my God, I, I wonder if I came off okay. Oh, why did I say that? You know, they they have this self-doubt and they want to make sure that, hey, they were not misunderstood. They came off across the way that they want to come across. And then they start worrying about it, which leads to anxiety, which leads to depression, leads to all of this kind of fun stuff. And for me, you know, many years ago when I, I had taken a hiatus in my career to raise my daughters, and when I was doing that, I actually started, uh, I'm a communications coach as well, and I had started, um, you know, speaking at different women's events on how to communicate well with people and, and all of that kind of fun stuff. And this, a very similar question came up saying, you know, well, like, you know, how do I communicate with people that I feel that are higher up than me, or they know more than I do. And sometimes I, I just stay quiet because I don't know what to say. I'm afraid if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to walk away regretting what I said, et cetera. And I said, um, well, the, the problem isn't with them. The fact that they are, you know, whatever in your mind, higher up or no more, whatever it is, it comes down to us, right? It comes down to why do we care so much as to how other people perceive us? If you are happy within, right, when we're talking about being content um, and if you are happy within, when you walk into a room, you shouldn't have an agenda in mind, right? There should be no agenda in mind. It should be just going out there, having an open, free conversation. And when you leave, you should have no regrets. If you have no regrets, there's two things that I, I tell people. If, if you do have regrets, maybe you have the wrong group of people. You're talking to the wrong group of people because you should be able to be yourself, right? And, and the second thing is when you walk away, you should always walk away happily saying, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I, I was true to me. You know, yeah, I cracked a joke. Nobody else laughed, but hey, it was funny to me. I, like, I don't care. That's who I am, right? Like, it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to be a little bit vulnerable um, in those situations. So yeah, for, for me as well, when I read that, it, it is about growth. It's about saying, I'm going to go out there. I'm not going to prejudge what the event is going to be like or who I'm going to talk to or what the conversation, I'm just going to go and I'm going to have fun. And I'm going to talk about whatever happens to come up and I may have something to contribute 
and I may not, and that's okay. And I think we need to kind of go in with that mindset instead of creating this huge expectation for ourselves only to let ourselves down. It doesn't make any sense. It does not. In fact, I remember this joke uh, statement that my meditation teacher, uh, who's the founder of Art of Living, Shishri Ravi Shankar, had shared when somebody asked this question, so what would they think of me? And the joke was that who has the time uh, to think of what you said? And, and if they have that much time and they're actually critiquing you that much, then you're right. They're not the right people for you to be around, right? Be around people who are appreciative and who are doing great things that they don't have time to think of these petty things. Uh, you know, they're rather making something big happen in the world, right? And you could actually help them do the same. So yeah. Great advice. <laughs> well, it has been a fantastic conversation. I had so much fun. Uh, are there any additional insights that you would like to share with our audience here today? I, I think the, the only other additional insight I have is, you know, honestly, sometimes you got to just take a break and give yourself a break. And, and reading something like this book, The Art of Happiness, it, it sounds silly. It sounds like, hey, yeah, of course, everybody should know and how to be happy. But I haven't done any surveys. I don't know the statistics, but I can guarantee you a lot of people who are either listening to this or people that are out there in general, we're not always happy. We And you're allowed to, right? You're not, you don't have to constantly be happy. There's no such thing as that. But know that the little things that happen in our days, like you can still control the outcome, meaning yeah, you don't know if somebody's going to say whatever to you, you know, um, on a phone call, or you're going to have a bad situation at work or with your kids or with whomever that you can't control, but you can control your reaction and how you take it in. And, and your reaction and how you take it in is ultimately going to determine whether or not you can be happy. Because oftentimes when we go through the, the daily grunt, there are things that irritate us, make us angry, you know, cause us anxiety. But remember, we can either go into victim mode and be like, hey, this is how I was treated. This is how I felt. Or, you know, I, I'm going to quote my dad because I love my dad. He'd always say, think positively. Even if somebody says something negative to you, think of it in a positive way. Spin it. Maybe they meant it this way. Maybe they're having a bad day. Whatever it might be, it's not on you because it's what is coming at you. What is on you is how you react to it. And guess what? You're in control of that. Don't give other people the power to control your happiness. That's in our hands. And it's, again, I'm going to say it's simple concept, but a lot of us relinquish that power to others. And, and my parting thought would be take it back, <laughs> take back the control. Excellent parting thought there, Rahmat. Thank you so much for being on our podcast and Explore Strategies. Listeners, check out the book, The Art of Happiness. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Rahmat. Thank you.